I don't know which offense is worse right now, the Panthers or the Jets. Both look like Rosie O'Donnell's muff, man. Just ugly, disheveled, unpenetrated, and just smells like Bigfoot shit on a skunk. And like Rosie's muff, no one in the backfield can find the hole. Welcome to The Flex. Now broadcasting from the Fantasy Sports Studios, here are your hosts of the flagship podcast, Chris Jakes and Jeff Kelly. Hey, thanks for joining the Flex today. This is the week four preview show. Jeff's making the trek over to Tampa to catch the Giants and Bucks. Your boy flying solo today. So here we go, guys. Flying solo, kicking off the week four preview show. And let's start with the Sunday morning game. At 9.30 in the morning again for the second week in a row from London, England. We got the Saints at the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins losing a home game there to London. Dolphins choked hard, hard against the Jets last week, man. Just embarrassing. It was like Mia Khalifa at a Bukaki Fest, man. It was just terrible. Just ugly, ugly game for uh, Miami. And Jay Ajayi, man, after all the praise that we were giving him and many others giving him after Miami's first game of week two, man, he definitely came back to earth and was what I was considering all along, that he's just an inconsistent boomer bust type of running back. And that's what scared me about him leading up to draft day this year. And how good has Devontae Parker been, though, as a wide receiver too, man? He's been consistent, found the end zone last week. And I also think Julius Thomas finally shows up in this one as well. I think he finally gets in the end zone. And for Kenny Stills, maybe it's a revenge game. I wouldn't count on it. But the poor man's D-Jax. He could get some play down there in London. Drew Brees, I guess my top, one of my top three quarterbacks here for week four. Alvin Kamara, I like a lot this week. But out of he, Mark Ingram, and Adrian Peterson, man, it's tough to start somebody out of that backfield right now. It really is. If I had to go right now, I'd say Kamara's pretty decent flex play in PPR leagues. If you had to start a running back in standard, I guess it'd be Mark Ingram right now. And Adrian Peterson, I'm just waiting for him to be shipped out of town. I think he's got no place in that offense right now. Michael Thomas had a big game last week. I think I think it's going to continue. I think Michael Thomas finds the end zone once again. And I think Kobe Fleener, uh, not sold on him, man. I mean, this is really his last big chance to get a large portion of that target share before Willie Sneed returns next week. Uh, I don't like Fleener this week. Mm-mm. Brandon Coleman, he's kind of in the same boat as Fleener. This is his big chance here to try to earn more playing time when Snead returns. And the same could be said for Ted Ginn as well. Ted Ginn I actually do like in this game. I think Ginn finds the end zone in week four. I'm taking the Saints. 31-20. Moving on to the 1 o'clock games. We've got Sunday, 1 p.m. we got the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the New York Jets at the Meadowlands. The Jets... After that tail whooping they put on Miami, have to be coming into this one feeling pretty good about themselves. Matt Forte is most likely ruled out for this weekend. But I do not trust Bilal Powell, man. And I do not trust that coaching staff to get him into open space. For PPR, Powell will be an okay flex, maybe low-end running back too. Standard, I don't touch him. I go somewhere else. Especially against that nasty Jags defense. Blake Bortles coming off a four-touchdown performance game against the Baltimore Ravens. Man, 
man. That's not going to repeat itself. That's it. That's it for him. That's his game of the year last week. Leonard Fournette continues to carry the load in Jacksonville despite his yard per carry average being pretty mediocre. He has been very productive from a fantasy standpoint. I don't expect that to change in week four going up against the Jets. However, like I've been saying, if you own Fournette and somebody in your league likes him, I would try to swing a deal where I could land you know, another good running back that is just a little bit more explosive because whether Fournette says the game slowed down for him or, or not, or not as fast as he thought it was going to be, he sure as hell hasn't shown it in, as far as his yards per carry. And if there's any wide receivers to play this week for Jacksonville, I would start Marquise Lee if I had to pick one. And as far as Mercedes Lewis, the tight end with three touchdowns last week, yeah, Lewis is just not fantasy relevant and not even worth rostering in fantasy. No way. The Jags defense of Fournette, those are the two big plays that you come away with in that Jacksonville Jets game. And I'm taking the Jags to win that one 23-9. Moving on to the next Sunday 1 o'clock game, we got the black and blue game. The Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. And the Ravens just look terrible on offense. I mean, they look as bad as the Jets, man. They look so bad right now. And I don't feel comfortable playing any of the Ravens' pass-catching pass options at the moment. I mean, these uh, black and blue games they play in division there, they're usually pretty close. I do like Buck Allen in this game. I think Allen's going to be a great daily play for this week, and Ben Watson is a guy I think could find the end zone as well. On the Pittsburgh side of the ball, of course, Antonio Brown's a beast. Martavis Bryant, pretty disappointing last week. I think he's got a good chance to bounce back in week four, and Le'Veon Bell has to show me something this week. I mean, right now, Bell looks like a very, very ordinary running back. I'm hoping for the best with Le'Veon Bell, but I'm preparing for the worst, and I'm definitely staying away from all the quarterbacks in this game. Give me the Ravens in this one. Home team, rivalry game. Give me Baltimore in a close one, 20-19. to 19. Moving on to Detroit at Minnesota. Such a disappointing way to lose last week for the Detroit Lions on a damn 10-second runoff on a questionable overturn call. Just ridiculous, man. I mean, they need to change that rule of the 10-second runoff. I mean, just like there's... You know what? The NFL... Whoever the hell makes the rules in the NFL, you are my dick of the week, buddy. Dick of the week. Just like there's no coaches' challenges in the final two minutes of a regulation game, they should implement a no runoff in the final two minutes as well. I mean, that was just not football, man. That was just a bunch of BS. There's BS rules created. I mean, instead of the runoff... They need to just restart the clock after the review and just let the clock run, man. At least you're giving the team, at least you're giving them the opportunity to, you know, attempt to get a snap off. If the Lions, who play in a tough division, miss the playoffs by a single game, this BS rule is going to come back and haunt them, their fans, and the league, man. This is, it's just a terrible, terrible finish to an overall good game. I mean, not to mention the Golden Tate catch itself at the end zone looked almost identical to the touchdown that Patriots wide receiver Chris Hogan caught against the Texans last week. I mean, that one also went to review, and from the replay, you could make the argument that he may have been down prior to the ball crossing the plane there. But the evidence was not clear-cut, so the, the play stood as called. Golden Tate's touchdown should have stood as called on the field. 
I mean, there was none. There was no irrefutable evidence to overturn that 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 damn call. I, I still I still can't get over that. But when you don't have a direct straight line view extending along the goal line, you can't overturn a critical call like that, especially in that moment at the end of the game. And you know what? Atlanta deserved to lose that game. Such a bad moment for the league, the players, and the fans. Got to get that shit changed. All right, back to the actual game week four. Back to the Lions and Vikings here. All right, Sam Bradford, presumably he's coming back this weekend. Still waiting for a Friday afternoon report on that just to know for sure. Dalvin Cook, I got as a mid-tier RB2 this week. For me against the Detroit defense, yeah, I got to keep him at mid-tier RB2 right now. And I like Adam Thielen this week more than Stephon Diggs, especially if Sam Bradford does return this week. I have Theo Riddick as a low-end flex play in PPR leagues, and I love the Vikings defense in this one. Give me the Vikings all day long, 24-17 to 17 over the Lions. Moving on to the Bills, taking on the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. And the Bills defense does look legit. That was something we were questioning last week, and, uh, you know, about the Carolina Panthers offense or the Bills defense, which one is really legit. And it was a little bit of both. Like we like like we talked about, we got the Bills defense who does look legit, and the Panthers offense does look like shit. So, Ty- Tyrod Taylor though, he's efficient. He's been efficient, and <clears throat> Charles Clay has had a nice bounce back, at least to start the 2017 season. But Atlanta is gonna mop the floor with the Bills this week. The Bills have no running game whatsoever, and if you want McCoy. Don't. Just don't. Trade his ass now before it gets only worse and McCoy decides he'd rather be placed on IR than just embarrass himself in national television. Not that the Bills get any nationally televised games, but uh, I guess on local CBS or whatever the hell they watch over there. All right, in PPR leagues, McCoy has been saving you with his reception numbers, but in standard leagues, I just don't see how you can feel good about owning him going forward. He's a big name, so... He's got some kind of trade value, so trade him if you can. And other than playing Charles Clay as a tight end streamer, there's no one else on the Bills I play this week, at least not that I play comfortably. I mean, of course, if you have McCoy, you're kind of stuck. You're going to have to play him. But move on from McCoy. Just do it. For Atlanta, I like them to just light up the Bills defense like a joint at a Dave Matthews concert. I think Julio Jones goes over 100 yards in a touchdown. I think Devontae Freeman finds the end zone as well. And Matt Ryan makes the list as my QB4 for week four. Give me Atlanta on this one, 34-16. Moving on to the Panthers, taking on the Patriots in Foxborough. And I don't know which offense is worse right now, the Panthers or the Jets. Both look like Rosie O'Donnell's muff, man. Just ugly, disheveled, unpenetrated, and just smells like Bigfoot shit on a skunk. And like Rosie's muff... No one in the backfield can find the hole. Mom, Dad, what's muff cabbage? This should be a game of Panther running backs. I like Christian McCaffrey to have a pretty good game in this one. I like him in daily as well. Jonathan Stewart, I could see going for a line around 60 yards and a touchdown. Devin, bunches of drops. Funches is about as relevant as a jet ski in the desert, man. Just terrible. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. Cam makes the list as my quarterback 16 for this week. And for the Patriots... I don't really feel comfortable starting any of their running backs in this matchup with Carolina. Uh, James White is somebody I've been going back and forth on. Good pass catching back. 
hasn't had many opportunities this early on this year though and the Carolina's defense is pretty solid so I'm kind of shying away from all the running backs there especially with Hogan full health and after Cooks Cooks finally developing chemistry with Brady last week so I'm just going to say go with their passing weapons give me Cooks give me Cooks to keep it going in week four give me Hogan and of course give me Gronk I'll take Gronk all day and I'll even take a flyer on Amendola in, in a deeper league as a flex in PPR and I like the Patriots in this one 30 24. No, you know what? 24 is too generous for Carolina. You know what? No. You know what? No. No, 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 no. Give me the Patriots. 34. Carolina. 17. They're going to double them up, baby. Moving on to the Titans. Taking on the Texans down in Houston. And Marcus Mariota has been so impressive early on. You know, he's hovering matchup proof ability at this point in the season. I mean, every week, he's just consistently putting up fantasy starting quarterback numbers. And given his mobility, he's got that high floor. And the Texans secondary, still dealing with injuries. I like Mariota a lot in this game. I'm not high on DeMarco Murray or Derrick Henry for this one. But you're obviously going to play Murray if he's healthy. I like Rashard Matthews to lead the Titans receivers in this game. Especially like him in PPR leagues. If Corey Davis plays, he could be a great daily tournament play. And... I consider him a boom flex play as well this week in, in both formats. And Deshaun Watson, man, on the Texan side of the ball, he looked fantastic. It was only his second career start last week, and given his mobility in the pocket, he's a quarterback with a high floor as well, and is definitely a must-start in two quarterback leagues. And this week I have Watson as my QB number 15. I don't like Lamar Miller this week, or any week for that matter, and he's closer to losing his job than the a-hole at the office who always talks politics. Get that son of a bitch off the field. He's fired. He's fired. Deontay Foreman. I like him as a low-end flex play. With uh, I think he's got some boom potential as well this week. I like DeAndre Hopkins, of course. I mean, Watson throws more balls his way than... Let's go back to Mia Khalifa again. Than Mia Khalifa at FSU frat party. And Bruce Ellington was a guy I liked last week, and he definitely paid off for those who played him. And daily... Uh, it appears he's taking the number two wide receiver spot in Houston, but other than Hopkins and maybe a flyer on Foreman, I don't feel good about starting anyone else this week for the Texans. Give me Tennessee on the road, 27-23. Moving on to the Bengals and the at, uh, and the Browns over in Cleveland. And Bengals offense finally showed signs of life last week against Green Bay. And Joe Mixon is now the starting running back. A.J. Green is, is back to being started with confidence again as a wide receiver one. I like Dalton a little bit as a bargain daily play if looking for a lower-end quarterback or a cheaper quarterback. I like Mixon in the same capacity in daily as well. And I also like Mixon as an RB2 this week. If you need tight end help, I think Tyler Croft, Tyler Eifert's replacement, I think he could be a decent add in deeper leagues. And on the Brown side of the ball, I like David Njoku as a tight end streamer this week and a daily play. Duke Johnson, I like him at PPR as a mid-level flex play. And I think Isaiah Crowell, who I'm not high on, I think he finally finds the end zone this week. And in a must-win game, give me the Bengals 31-20. to Moving on to the Rams, taking on the Cowboys in Dallas. After a breakout performance by the Rams last Thursday night, I believe the Rams come back down to earth a little bit. Goff is trending up towards being becoming like a high-end quarterback too. And obviously you're going to start Todd Gurley. I like Gurley a little bit better in PPR than standard this week. 
And he's my RB9 for this week overall. And if Sammy Watkins suits up, I feel comfortable starting him as my wide receiver too, especially in standard. And if he doesn't play, I like Robert Woods as a wide receiver three in PPR with wide receiver two upside. If Watkins does play, I don't feel confident playing Robert Woods. I don't think against Dallas on the road, I don't think that Goff's going to be able to sustain two fantasy relevant wide receivers for this week. And the Cowboys got right last week after that, you know, crap show against Denver. But against the Cardinals last week, you know, they played pretty well. Give me Zeke and Dez this week. Zeke is my RB5 for the week and Dez is my wide receiver 12. Witten is my tight end 10, number 10 in PPR. Give me the boys, 23-20. Moving on to the Eagles at the Chargers. Phillip Rivers, I don't know what the hell happened to him, man, but he needs to have a big game here. And if I own Rivers, I'm dropping his ass, especially if he continues turning the ball over. Melvin Gordon is a big question mark of the week. Gordon's expected to play, but who knows for how long once he takes the field. I'm a little hesitant to start Gordon this week unless I hear glowing reports Sunday morning. And if you own Gordon, you need to pick up Brennan Oliver. So for the wide receivers, I like Keenan Allen this week as my wide receiver nine. I think Tyrell Williams has wide, re- wide receiver three value in PPR. And I think he's got some wide receiver two upside as well. A guy I'm keeping my eye on is second year Chargers wide receiver, Travis Benjamin. Benjamin quietly erupted for more than 100 yards, and Benjamin's typically a one-trick pony, man, just a straight, deep-line threat. And last week, he was lined up all over the place. I mean, he ran intermediate routes, he ran deep routes, crossing routes. So I'm interested to see how they use him in this week against Philly. And I like the Chargers defense this week. I'm not high on Carson Wentz or any of the Eagles running backs at all this week. I guess if you own Alshon Jeffrey, you got to play him. But Jeffrey looks like... Former Angels pitcher Jim Abbott, man, just out there trying to one-hand it. But Philly has not been good to Jeffrey so far, uh, at least not yet to this point. Zach Ertz, of course, must at must start tight end both formats. Give me the Chargers. I'm gonna call 24-20 Chargers. All right, moving on to the 49ers and the Cardinals. <sighs> man, like I've said a hundred times over, man, Carson Palmer blows. He'll be on his knees more this season than the players protesting the national anthem. And Palmer being on his knees has absolutely nothing to do with quarterback sacks. Dude just blows. Me so horny. You keep lying. Me love you a long time. Larry Fitzgerald, man, it was nice to see him return to form last week. I actually like Larry Fitzgerald as a wide receiver too, going against uh, that defenseless Niners team. And a guy I really like for this week and going forward is Andre Ellington. Dude, keep your eye on him. Pick up Ellington now if he's available in your league because come Sunday, it might be a little bit too late because Cat's going to be out of the bag by then. I mean, we saw last week, CJ Half-K is done. And Kerwin Williams, dude, he'll be he'll be working at Sherwin Williams sooner than later the way he runs the ball. But uh, with Ellington, though, I mean, he's going to be a huge addition to PPR leagues. And until... David Johnson returns. I think he needs to be owned across across the board. I love, love, love Andre Ellington as a daily play this week, week four, at $3,800. Great bargain right there. Go throw him in your lineup. As far as the 49ers, Brian Hoyer is going to have a tough go of it this Sunday against the Cardinals secondary. Definitely still like Carlos Hyde this week. I got him as my RB7. 
And this week kind of feels like a Marquise Goodwin game. Uh, but don't put your money on it. Um, I'm not playing Pierre Garçon if I have better or, com- or comparable options, I should say. Not going against Patrick Peterson, no thanks. Give me Arizona on this one, 30-20. to 20. Sunday, 4.05 p.m., the Giants head to Tampa to play the Bucks. Brandon Marshall finally made an appearance for the G-Men last week. Eli looked pretty sharp, and Sterling Shepard looked like Sterling Shepard circa 1993. OBJ did his business in the fourth quarter, and I'm not referencing the leg-lived dog piss celebration in the end zone, but dude came through in the fourth quarter for you in fantasy and in real life as well. This week, I like Eli as my QB9. I've got OBJ as my wide receiver 6. Marshall currently sits at my wide receiver number 24 for the week. For the week, And I got Shepard right now as my wide receiver 29. Evan Ingram I have as my tight end 14. For the Bucks, Jameis Winston. Eh, he's a borderline QB1 in 12-team leagues. And Jaquiz Rogers, man, this is the game he's got to step up. Doug Martin, I believe, is going to return next week. Although, you know, it's something I got to research more because I'm not sure Tampa missing their week one game due to Hurricane Irma impacts that suspension because initially he was suspended for three for three games. I'm not sure if that was technically three games or three weeks. So I'm assuming he's coming back next week, but I could be wrong. I'll, I'll get back to you guys on that. Anyway, as far as Jaquise Rogers, I have him right now as a borderline flex play in PPR leagues. I'm not start, starting any running backs in Tampa this week. And Mike Evans, must start wide receiver. Had a down week last week going up against, uh, against a tough Vikings defense. I have him currently as my wide receiver 8 for the week. Deshaun Jackson makes the list as my wide receiver 28. And Cameron Brait, he's a tight end I like for this week if you're streaming the position. Currently, I got Bright as my tight end 12. And I definitely like the Tampa defense to improve from last week. So I'm going to take the Bucks at home in a close one, 27-24. Heading over to Denver, we got the Raiders taking on the Broncos. The Raiders, man, they got beat like a kid flipping AP the bird, man. They just got beat down by the Redskins last week. Just a terrible offensive showing by the usually potent Oakland offense. And it doesn't get any easier for them this week as uh, they take on the Broncos and the no-fly zone. Having said that, though, I got Derek Carr as my quarterback eight for the week. I have Marshawn Lynch as a low-end RB2, not high on Lynch. I'm thinking we're going to see a big play come from the the backup running back position in Oakland this week. I'm not sure if it's going to be Jalen Richard or uh, DeAndre Washington. I'd lean towards more towards Richard. If I'm throwing up a Hail Mary this week, maybe I throw him in a, in a daily tournament play or something like that. But obviously don't start either of these two unless uh, you're trying to really knock it out of the park in like a large daily tournament though. One of those guys are going to be very, both of those guys I should say, are going to be very, very cheap running backs to play out or to fill out your roster in daily. As far as Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper, both are on my list at wide receiver three. Kind of low with both of those guys, but they're still start-worthy for obvious reasons. I like Jared Cook in this game. I have Cook right now as my tight end five this week. It's a big leap of faith right there, man. But I just think with uh, that tough secondary, I think Cook might be the guy who gets peppered with, uh, I'd say, between seven to eight targets in this one. On the Broncos side of the ball, Trevor Simeon. I think he should be an okay daily play. 
I have him as a mid-level QB2 right now. I'm a little bit down on C.J. Anderson this week. Uh, Oakland does have a pretty solid run defense. And C.J. seems to be a little banged up. And for that reason also, I love, love Jamal Charles in both daily and as a high upside flex play. I really think he's going to get some good uh, pull this week against the Raiders. I think Charles will see, I think he's going to see a lot of action out of that backfield. You know, catching short passes. And I've been high on Charles from the get-go, as loyal listeners know. And I did get a lot of emails about that, saying that Charles shouldn't be rostered, that he's washed up, etc. But your boy is right about 90% of the time, as those who listen know. And as we go forward, I do believe Jamal Charles will be a bigger contributor to both the Broncos and your fantasy team as a safe, legit flex play. I think he's a safe option, man, especially how he, uh, considering he went undrafted in a lot of leagues or drafted in round 12 or later. I love the Broncos wide receivers this week. Demarius Thomas I have as a wide receiver one. I have Emmanuel Sanders as a wide receiver two, a high end two in PPR. And I think tight end A.J. Derby, who was a pretty big hit in the offseason over in uh, in Denver there. I think it could be a, a boomer bust streamer this week. A bit of a risky play, but could also pay off big for you as well. Uh, I do have him currently ranked as a mid to low tight end too, but he definitely has a lot of upside for sure. And kicking things down to Sunday night, 830. We got, oh, we got a slaughter here, man. We got the Colts traveling all the way to Seattle to take on the Seahawks and that legion of boom. And hit on the Colts real quick. Jacoby Brissett was a nice story last week. He made some amazing athletic plays. Dude looked like Oh, dude, he looked like a a little bit like Michael Vick back in the day, man. The way he was just just extending plays with his legs, you know, just just dude's mobility for a guy his size is pretty impressive. It's very Cam Newton esque. Not saying there's Cam Newton, but dude's got a lot of physical gifts. Having said that, from last week, I mean, now he's going up to Seattle, and man, Seattle, I think, is going to make him look more like Jamarcus Russell this week. I don't like any Colts players this week. If I had to choose one to start from the Colts, I suppose it would probably be, probably be, I guess, Jack Doyle. I don't say that with confidence. I wouldn't feel good about it. Uh, T.Y. Hilton had a big game last week. I don't expect that to happen again. Uh, well, not this week. Uh, Frank Gore, I'm not playing. Nope. Dante Moncrief, please. Dude's terrible. Way overrated. Him and John Brown have got to be the two most overrated quote-unquote wide receiver twos each year, it seems like, the last couple of years. And as far on the Seahawks side of the ball, Russell Wilson, oh, man, he's going to shred that Colts defense like Donald Trump shreds tax returns, man. It's just going to, just oh, man, it's going to be nasty. It's going to be nasty. I mean, no way the Colts are going to slow down that Seattle offense who torched the Titans in like a Greek mythology-esque kind of fashion. Wilson I have this week is my quarterback four, four week four. And Chris Carson makes the big leap to RB1 status for this week. Doug Baldwin, Doug Baldwin, excuse me, gets in on the action as well as a wide receiver one for me this week. And Jimmy Graham, despite his inconsistency, man, he comes in at tight end number six for me this week. And a lot of that has to do with matchups and injuries. But uh, Seattle is going to steamroll the Colts on Sunday night. If you're a little twisted and enjoy watching like train wrecks or just watching the world burn, then this game is for you. 
I know Amazon uh, live streamed the Thursday night game. They're going to do some other ones this year as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Live League broadcast the Sunday night game with all the uh, macabre taking place. I mean, for those of you who have uh, seen the show South Park, there's a, it's going to be just like that uh, that one episode in South Park when George Clooney and Steve Spiel- Steven Spielberg rape Indiana Jones. I mean, you just know the Colts are heading into a bad situation, but you can't stop it. Get them britches down. Oh. Yes, sir. Come on, squeal. Whee! Give me Seattle to clobber the Colts like a bunch of baby seals, 37-6. to six. Moving on to the Monday night game. Redskins head to Kansas City to battle the Chiefs. Washington came to play last week, and they looked damn good. But you know who didn't look good? Terrell bleeping Pryor. What a bust he has been through the first three weeks of the season. Uh, to put in comparison, if Michael Crabtree and Devontae Parker were considered the Microsoft Office software prior to this point in the season, is an old, outdated version of Open Office. He's disappointed more people than the recent pictures of Sammy Sosa in whiteface. It's just ugly as ugly gets. If Jordan Reed is out, I do like Vernon Davis as a tight end one this week. Kirk Cousins, I got as a borderline QB one. Chris Thompson, he's a good flex play in standard and a good, solid RB2 in PPR. And Samaje P. Ryan can go join Rex Ryan on ESPN Sunday night uh, Sunday countdown, I should say. Because, dude, he's another guy that's just been a huge letdown. And P. Ryan is to fantasy owners as what a segue was about 10 years ago. I mean, at first glimpse, you're like, oh, damn, this is kind of exciting. This is cool, you know? Then a short time later, you see someone with it, and you're like, Ha! <laughs> Alex Smith, I have as a QB2 this week. Kareem Hunt, still riding that Hunt train, man. He's my RB1, overall RB1 for week four. Tyreek Hill, I got slated as a wide receiver two in PPR, wide receiver three in standard. Travis Kelsey should rebound. Right now, I have him listed as my tight end number two, just behind Gronkowski. I'll take Kansas City at home in this one. 28-23. And I got the daily plays of the week. Here are five daily plays of the week for week four. Daily plays of the week. A quarterback, Tom Brady. Dude has been lighting it up the last two weeks. At running back, give me the biggest bargain out there right now for this week, and that's Andre Ellington. Gotta play Ellington this week. Just to remind you guys why. If you play DraftKings, for example, DraftKings is a full point PPR. Ellington's going to be a steal at $3,800. DeAndre Hopkins comes in as a wide receiver for me. Just He's going to come in practically every week with that target share he gets from uh, Deshaun Watson at Houston. Just keep riding Hopkins, man. He's going to be a safe play until he's not, until his price tag goes up too high. Anyways, if Sam Bradford plays, I really like Adam Thielen in daily. He's priced right now right around 6000 a little bit less, I believe, maybe 5800 And for tight ends, man, I'm going with the Tom Brady-Rob Gronkowski stack. Despite the Patriots' ugly performance against the Chiefs in Week 1, Brady and Gronk have just been firing all cylinders, and I don't see it slowing down against a poor Carolina secondary. And uh, you know what? I'll throw a defense in there for you. I kind of like Detroit. I kind of like the Lions as a sneaky... Very affordable value. I think they could be sneaky good in this one. Kind of like Detroit. 
So there you have it, guys. That's the week four preview. A Monday show, we're going to recap week four. We're going to give you guys a little glimpse at our waiver wire ads of the week for week five. And we're also going to dive into the mailbag and uh, answer some of your guys' questions. Submit your questions to questions at fantasysportstudios.com. And we got that prize pack trivia to announce. Till then, till Monday, have a good weekend. Good luck on Sunday. See ya!